Welcome back to another episode of the Kick and Post Podcast. This is episode 37 with your host, Otto DeVries, and we got a special guest today, pretty familiar to the podcast. We got Robert Burrell. Yes, sir. How are you feeling today, Rob? Yes, sir. I'm feeling great. What about you, man? Just great. I mean, I'm all right. I had a, had a, had a lazy day today. Um, just been waiting to get on this podcast to talk some football. Honestly, same. And, you know, Best part of my special, day, man. Specials at the end, you know. <laughs> Yes, sir. Specials for everyone but Dave. Um, so, in this this is going to be a shorter podcast. Uh, we're going to just go through a c- couple storylines that we uh, value from this last weekend. And uh, at the end, we're also going to go over uh, a couple questions that we had sent in uh, through Robert's Instagram. Um, any initial week six thoughts? Just that, it's it's week six, man. It's a, it's flying. So there's eight eighteen weeks this year. We're already a third of the way through. I feel like it was just yesterday that I was doing all my pre-draft analysis, and now it's already the end of week six, man. It's gonna be gone before we know it. Yeah, I think it's like that point in the fantasy season where you're like, "Am I gonna make the playoffs?" Like, I <laughs> kind of already know. Like, or like if you're in the mix, like Nick, who's like 0 and 6, he's not really in the mix unless he wins out, dude. Which is that, almost like super unlikely, but he's done it before. So that's literally how I am in every league, dude. Like all four of my leagues, I'm either like four and two or three and three, and I'm just sitting there like, I think I'm gonna make the playoffs, but I don't know. And uh, yeah, but at least I'm not 0 and 6 in any league. Shout out Nick, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of real football stay away from a little bit of the fantasy stuff for right now um a lot of questionable takes have been surrounding the chiefs and i was curious if you are worried about the chiefs and uh, patrick mahomes turnover issue at the moment personally i'm not worried about the chiefs at all um a couple of Mahomes' interceptions have been fluke, tip balls, drops, and then... Yeah, the Tyreek one especially. Yeah, and then also a couple have been just him trying to be Superman, which he is, but to an ex- there's only an extent that everyone can be Superman. Um, I think he feels a little bit of the pressure because his defense is so bad that he thinks yeah, he's... Yeah, I think they're 31st ranked. Yeah, he thinks he's got to score every time, and then that leads to a little bit more forcing throws than normal for him Um, I think if if they just take a step back kind of be like look we're still the Chiefs we're still going to score at a really high rate and then the defense just steps it up a little they're going to be fine it might not be the number one seed in the AFC or anything like that but they'll still sneak in the playoffs and be like a force like they always are in my opinion what do you think yeah I mean I don't honestly at this point I don't even think they're going to win their division um and that's a scary, scary team to see early on. Um, yeah, right? Who wants to play the Chiefs in the first round after winning your division? Shit, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, right? But but their, their defense, like, obviously, like you said, uh, leaves them up to question, like, what adjustments can they make or if they're going to make adjustments towards the trade deadline. I just really don't see them, like, winning it all this year. I know, like, it's really weird to say that because they're, like, title favorites every every year I feel like the last two years anyway um, so it's weird to say like that it's not their year you know yeah this... uh, they still have the weapons though and that offense can carry them I mean it carried them uh, in basically every single one of their wins <laughs> yeah you know? it kind of this kind of feels like Mahomes first season when he went crazy and broke all those records and like they're, they're mostly because their defense couldn't stop anybody. So he just had to throw and throw all the time, and he was insane. So it, it kind of feels like that in terms of defense and how their season's going to play out. And they, they ended up not winning the Super Bowl that year. I think they lost to the Patriots in the AFC title game. AFC championship. Yeah. yeah. Off of an offsides call, too. Brady threw a pick, <laughs> and it was on his it was on his left side, so he definitely didn't see it. It always seems to happen to the uh, the Patriots like that, huh? Like you know, Miles Jack wasn't down, but you know, whatever. We don't worry about it. I think that's uh, kind of a little biased there, you know. <laughs> I mean, being, the Jaguars the had the game won, 
and they had a fumble six, and all of a sudden, the plays just stopped dead, of course, and a, a whole new rule change happens. You see it in the NFL every day now. They let, they basically let every turnover play go all the way to the end, and then they go, oh, actually, that wasn't, that wasn't a turnover. He was down. But they let the whole play go out, and that's literally a whole rule change because they blew that one play, and the Jags would have been to the Super Bowl. Well, it's a good thing they fixed it, you know? I mean, ra- rather learn from your mistake, their mistakes, than just let it keep happening. Yeah, but of course now the Jags will be lucky to win two games this year, so. Ah, two games, which means they finally won their first game. Wow. <laughs> How does that feel, Rob? It feels great. I'm sad that I uh, Amal's not here to share in the pleasure with me because I know you don't care, so. Oh, I don't care at all. Yeah, but it uh, it, it felt good to get a win. It felt good to not hear the Trevor Lawrence or Urban Meyer slander at least for a day or two. I'm, I'm feeling good overall. I mean, the, the team isn't good. We're really bad, actually, on all levels, but... The progression is there. I can see it from week. I can see it in Lawrence from week to week. I can see it in the whole team and their confidence. I can see it in Urban Meyer and his play calling. There's just there's something there. They just haven't figured out how to put it all together yet. But it, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, I feel like uh, it's one thing knowing that you're going to be bad, but when you're expecting to be good. Like, I was expecting the Niners to be really good this year, and they just haven't lived up to my expectations. Um, honestly, the league's expectations, like, of them. Like, Vegas thought they were going to win 11 games or are sitting on a three-game losing streak. Like, it, it definitely gives you, a, like, a relief factor. Like, you have no expectation. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so, that's so you can't really get let down. Yeah, exactly. the The only expectation that anyone would had is, is have is that, I mean, because like Lawrence is going to be this crazy stud, which obviously we figured out like it's going to take time if he's going to be an insane stud. He's not going to be Patrick Mahomes from his first pass. So that was really the only expectation. No one thought we were going to win any games. So it's good from that perspective, but it's also like just a lost season. Also good to break the twenty game losing streak though, so that that's that is that is one thing that's cool for the Jazz. Yeah, on prime time and, and too, baby. In London. And in prime time. I, 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 eh. <laughs> eh. <laughs> London prime time. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how many rookie quarterbacks can say they got their first win in London. Yeah, he, he still cool. hasn't won an NFL game in the United States. Yeah. So did it really count? <laughs> I don't think the game really counted then. Yeah. Um but speaking of teams that, uh, also speaking of a team that had a lot of expectations coming into this year, they're currently the only undefeated team, sitting at six and zero. Uh, the Cardinals. Uh, do you think that they are? Are they like a buy, like for the Super Bowl, or you're like not really? Uh, this one's tough for me. I, I've never been a big fan of the Cardinals, just because. I was never a big fan of Kyler Murray last year when he started amazing and then he kind of got hurt down the stretch and it kind of screwed him. I've always thought DeAndre Hopkins was really good, but I've never thought of him as as good as Devontae Adams or on that like top, top level. But it seems like they both are and a healthy Kyler, like the offense can't be stopped. And then they bring in J.J. Watt on the defense. And then, you know, my boy from Cuse, getting all those sacks with five sacks in the first game was it five six uh yeah five i think it was five yeah he went nuts yeah so like i mean the defense looks good kyler's not hurt and that offense looks good they also brought in an insane amount of weapons um they they now they just drafted rondo moore christian kirk's into his third season i believe and he's seems like he's making a breakthrough they bring in AJ Green as a veteran presence and they bring in James Conner who the league kind of forgot about and he's a pretty good option at the goal kind of line thing yeah yeah he's a pretty good option at the goal line and like they I think I'm I'm buying I wouldn't say all the way to the Super Bowl but I'd be very surprised if they don't make the NFC championship game um yeah I, I can't remember the stat but I, I heard it two years ago like the teams that are always like the last undefeated teams they have like a 
think it's like a 70% chance of making it to their championship games. Yeah, that that wouldn't shock me. I'm, I'm not ready to count out a couple teams in the NFC. Like, I'm not guaranteeing they're going to the Super Bowl because I really like the Rams and I really like the Packers at this point. And you can't forget about Tom Brady. Yeah, and, the and then Bucks. the Bucks. So, like, there's four, but I would be shocked if they didn't make it to the NFC title game for sure. What do you think? I mean, I think the I think the Cardinals have like like you said a complete team. Uh, not to mention that they just traded for Zach Ertz. Oh, I forgot about um, that. So an- another weapon that they're bringing in for cheap too. Like, what was it? A fifth round pick or something like that? Yeah, it was what it was a it was a a DB. Yeah, it was a fifth round pick and then a DB they just drafted in the sixth round last year. Yeah, so that's insane value. He's obviously looking for a paycheck, so we'll see how much they end up paying him or if it's just like, we just want you for this season <laughs> yeah. try and see what we can do. I mean, they had some success with Max Williams, uh, but he's on the IR. I don't know how many weeks he's going to be out for if he's out for the season. I thought he, I thought he was out for the year, no? Yeah, he, he might be Let me out, check that real that. quick. Cause I'm I, not too sure. Yeah, I was going to pick it. Yeah, knee injury ends his season, yep. So I, I was going to yeah, pick so him that up. Makes 100% sense. Yeah, they, they needed to because he's gone for the season. I mean, I think I'm I think I'm buying them. Like, it would not surprise me if they went to the Super Bowl. I don't like. It's hard to predict that they are gonna win the Super Bowl. Like like you said, there's a bunch of other teams in the mix in the right. NFC, and we didn't even mention the Cowboys who also look really really well. Gosh, really man, the right NFC now. is stacked. Yeah. So if you all right, right, let me ask you something. Right. So if we were to play a game this Sunday. Um, new, neutral site, and it's Cardinals Rams. Who are you taking? Oh man! Like it's an That's NFC tough. Championship game, so all all hands are on deck. Fully healthy. Yeah, everyone's fully healthy. Assumptions. Do I feel like I'm taking the Rams though? I see. I kind of do too. Um, that That's why I, I can't be like. But I think Stafford's looked good. I know. Cooper Cup is amazing. Don't mention Jalen Ramsey on the defense. Aaron Donald in the middle. Like they're 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 a star-studded team as well. I know. I th- I think I feel the same, which is why I'm not ready to commit yet to the Cardinals. But they are really really good, and they've surpassed my expectations. Def- definite contenders, though. Yeah, no question. They are for real. No question. Uh, another team that's still surprising people uh, through six weeks is the Bengals, sitting at five or four and two. Yeah, yeah, dude, one. you got a uh, four and two, yeah. right? Yeah, we got say less K. Yeah, we got a shout. Bangles. We got a shout out say less K, man. I I literally listened to the podcast y'all did about you guys did it a month ish ago, uh, right be, right before the beginning of the season. I listened to it like three weeks ago, and all it was was Chris saying the Bengals this, Bengals that. And here comes Otto. No, the I wasn't even there for most of that podcast. Yeah, yeah, and then and then you just left early. When uh yeah I, I had to go yeah yeah you you just crapped on Chris all over the place everything that he said and then just left and now Chris his some of his takes were wrong like the Browns and some other stuff but Chris is looking his Bengals takes seem right yeah I'm I uh, I took a risk this year and I said it in our post draft like analysis video that I was like I took a really big risk with Jamar Chase. Um, at his ADP, and I don't regret it at all. It's like amazing. He's, I mean, he can actually catch the ball. Dude, him and Burrow have some sort of connection that you can only dream of. Yeah. Has, think, has he uh, not got? Has he had a game yet where he doesn't? I know he didn't score last week, but has he had a game yet where he doesn't catch like a forty-yard pass? I don't think so. Um. In the second game, he was close to being like almost shut out, and then it was like a sixty-yard. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they get a sixty-yard touchdown late. Yeah, dude, it's just like literally just explodes. I know. I th- yeah, I think uh, the Bengals like it's not even their offense that impresses me the most. It's their defense. I was I was just uh, about to bring that up. Like their the offense gets all the credit. They're nasty. Yeah, the offense gets all the credit because that's where all your high picks have went over the last year or so with. I don't know who who they drafted in the first round last year, but I know they got T. Higgins in the second round. Oh, they got Burrow in the I first round. There was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so the, so they get so they go Burrow the they go Burrow Higgins last year, and then this year they draft Chase with uh, Sewell sitting there and a couple other players sitting there. So 
of course the offense is going to get all the uh, all the accolades when you're talking about oh the Bengals are good they have offenses but their defense has been sneaky yeah only allowing 111 points on the year wow there's six less games than the Ravens yeah that's nuts yeah less than the Ravens less than the Steelers and the Browns so my, my only question with the Bengals is that have they had a favorable schedule to this point to where they're kind of tricking us a little bit. Um, last podcast, I had mentioned that. Uh, I think I had mentioned that to them all. But so their first week matchup was against the Vikings. Yes. Uh, I think the Vikings are a pretty decent team. They're okay, yeah. I don't think and they beat them by they bad. beat them by three at home. So okay. Yeah, in overtime. Then they lost to the Bears, which is very questionable to me. Yeah, it's uh, a bad loss. So I don't I don't buy the Bears at all. Uh, beat the Steelers, which is looking a lot better. The Steelers are on a two-game win streak now. Yeah, that's a pretty good. Uh, isn't that Brandon isn't that the week? Geno Smith. Isn't that the week that like all the Steelers pass catchers got hurt in the same game though? That and they were missing their defensive player of the year candidate. Yeah. Uh, T.J. Watt. Yeah, I think. Uh, then they beat the the Jags. Super tough team to beat. <laughs> yeah, and they barely beat us too. Yeah. And uh, then they played the Packers, which was the crazy field goal missing. <laughs> yeah, they could have won that game. That I think them losing to the Packers was actually more impressive than probably any game they've had this year, except for probably beating the Steelers on the road. But, like, they played the Packers tough the whole game. They should have won multiple times. Boy, my boy yeah. Evan McPherson from UF just can't couldn't come through. So other than the Packers and maybe you, we could say the Steelers as well, I in Pittsburgh, their matchups haven't been too bad, but I think their first test really comes in, uh, well, their second test comes in against the Ravens this week. Yeah. I, I think that this, that that game will kind of be like the trends or the deciding factor with if it's a bye now or I'm out on, on the Bengals dude, the, this year. The way that the Ravens played last week against the Chargers, if they play like that again and the Bengals hang anywhere close to them, then I will buy the Bengals, even if they lose. Especially on the road. Like, I, I don't expect them to win at all. But if they can hang around and keep it close, if the defense can give Lamar some trouble, like, I I think I can buy into the Bengals. Cause, I mean, the Ravens look good, too, so. Yeah, speak, speaking of Lamar, I know we had, like, a pretty uh, in-depth conversation in our group chat yesterday about Lamar and, like, whether he's... Uh, or if he, if his greatness is already like established, he's the most what winning quarterback under, under twenty five. Yep. Um, obviously a league MVP already. Yep. And uh, I just wanted to hear your take or get get your take on the on the record uh, for Lamar Jackson. Yeah. What he needs to do to either take that next step or. I mean, you'll or, you'll hear me emphasize exactly what I said in the chat. Like, I'm not taking anything away from Lamar. He's actually proved me completely wrong because I did not think that he could make throws that he's making this year I mean you know he's an insane runner and you know he's always going to make plays when there's pressure on him and he's going to scramble out and he's he's going to do that all the time um, I didn't think he'd be able to make the throws he's making right now so he's really taking the next step as a quarterback He's also they're also running less designed runs for him uh, which I think is going to keep him healthy in the long run in terms of greatness he is currently great. Yes. He won an MVP. Like on a scale of 1 to 10. Uh, who's a 10? Like Tom Brady. Tom Brady. He's like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. He's like an he's like an Brett Favre. What what's what's Patrick Mahomes? Like a 9 and a half? Yeah. Like, I mean, I'd say Patrick Mahomes is a is a great. Okay, so 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 Lamar's like an 8.8 if Patrick Mahomes is a 9 and a half. Lamar has to, if he can could prove to me this year that he can consistently throw from the pocket like he is right now, and then he needs to win the playoffs. That's it. So like right now, he's really good, possibly borderlining great. He can't be in that conversation with Mahomes, Brady, Rodgers, Breeze, Peyton Manning. He has to win a Super Bowl. Like there's just, there's no question. And that's the only thing you can knack him on right now if he's gonna throw like this is that he's only won what one playoff game? Uh, two. Two? Two last in the year? Wild card. 
No. No, he only won the wild card last year. Lost to the Bills in the second round. But yeah. So he's got one, one he's got one win. Three years. Yep. Yeah, so he's got all these wins, but he's got one playoff win. So and I mean that's not completely his fault. Obviously winning is a a team game, but if they can win this year, next year, something he doesn't even he may not even need a Super Bowl. He just needs a couple deep runs and then you can be like, "Okay, like this guy this guy is on that level. He's that good." But until he makes it past the divisional round, you just you can't do that in my opinion. Now, uh, come playoff time, do you put an asterisk? That's a really hard word for me to say. Asterisk. Um, okay. Next to uh, the Ravens team based on their injuries that they have at the running back position or Marcus Peters being out. I know Ronnie Staley just went on. Stanley? Staley? Stanley. Whatever their left tackle's name yeah. is. He went on IR today. Like, uh, do you put any asks? Uh, you know what word I'm trying to yep. say. Um, um, next to that, if, if they're banged up towards the end of the year. End of the year. Um, yes, for this year, but in terms of, like, in the long run, it's not going to matter. No one's going to remember that. Uh, but, like, it, for running backs, no, I'm not going to because they went the entire year without it. It's kind of like if you have the whole year to figure out how to make something work with backup players, then I'm not going to give you a pass and you're not going to get an asterisk by it. But let's say... Even if those backups don't have the same skill caliber, like that's like saying I'm gonna play this whole year with Mike Davis instead of Christian. Cap. Yeah, yeah, but if they but if they win 13 regular season games with Tyson Williams, uh, Freeman, Le'Veon Bell, then and then they lose Latavius in the playoffs, I can't be I can't and Latavius Murray. Yeah, sorry, I can't be like I can't sit here and be like, oh, it's it was the running back's fault. I mean, they just didn't have a, a legit running back. It's like, well, then why'd they win 13 games in the regular season? So it's... it's. But what if those running backs averaged like 1.3 yards per carry that, during that playoff game? Sorry. When Dobbins... When, when you see Dobbins could make a more explosive play being a better running back or like Marcus Peters making a better play than whoever their backup is, whatever that kid from Florida's name is. <laughs> now, my... My thing about injuries, if, if they happen late, like if they happen real late in the season and you don't have time to adjust to them, then yes, I'll sit here and be like, okay, like you got screwed with injuries. But if you've had the whole year to adapt, like figure it out. Like if, if your running backs suck and they're only going to get you one yard per carry, go get another one or figure out how to play without a running back. The Bills do it just fine. They just don't use a running back. So like... Yeah, but that's not because... They're because <laughs> yeah, it's because they're bad. So like... It's just, it's just a game plan. They know their running backs are bad, so they just don't use them. That's what I'm saying. So if you've got the whole year to figure it out, then I'm not going to give you a pass. But if, if, like, let's say their whole offensive line just gets COVID the day of the game and they all can't play, then, yeah, of course, that's that's not his fault. That's unlucky. So do you put that mark on the Chiefs Chiefs game, uh, Chiefs-Bucks Super Bowl? Uh yes, but yes, but they should they should have played a lot better. But yes, they got unlucky because the the whole line that they had used the whole year not the whole line but a couple guys on the line that they had used the whole year were just suddenly out. So they were throwing just in the, guys just the more important positions their left tackle and right tackle. Yeah, so they were throwing in guys who had never played. So in my opinion, that right there is call for an asterisk and saying okay, like they got unlucky. They still played like shit though and did deserve to win. So, but yeah. Yeah. Speak. Speaking of uh, running back injuries, uh, a lot of starters going out nowadays. You got uh, Nick Chubb out, Kareem Hunt, uh, CMC. You might have Antonio Gibson missing time, Barkley missing time, uh, Ceh. The list goes on. David Montgomery, Chris Carson. Uh, a lot of backup running backs uh, to either. One, well, they should have already been grabbed on the waiver wire. Um, yeah. What backup running backs do you like moving forward? Or which ones would you look to acquire first? Yeah, we switching over fantasy-wise here. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so, if I were to... So, that, that list you just said, yeah, CMC. So, we got we got Chuba Hubbard. Uh, Chubb's out now. So, we got Dearness Johnson, I guess, to Felton, if you 
like him too. Um, if Gibson's out, you got possibly McKissick, maybe even some Jarrett Patterson. Then you got Damian and Daryl Williams, Vontae Booker, Alex Collins, those guys. So if I were to target, I'm assuming Hubbard's already gone, but he would be my number one. Do you agree there? Mm-hmm. Rank them one through, or just do the top four. All right, top four. I think Hubbard is number one, no question. Um, there's just no one behind him. He's he gets. It's, he's just the guy. Yeah, he gets passing usage, and he's he's pretty good. He's not CMC, but he's pretty good. Uh, so yeah, him. I think last year, uh, I think last year really proved that whatever running back is in that Carolina slot is gonna just produce fantasy wise. I mean, Mike Davis did it all last year, and look at him now. Yeah. He's like trash. <laughs> yeah, literally. In, in comparison to <laughs> he, how he was. I mean, Cordero Patterson so. took his spot, so. I mean, it's no surprise. <laughs> All right, my my number two would would uh would be Daryl Williams here. Um, I I love Daryl Williams. Right as Ceh got injured, I uh we I had a conversation with Dave. He said I don't know why everyone's rushing to pick up Daryl Williams, and I was like, well, I kind of like Daryl Williams because the problem with Ceh is he never scores. So if you look at the stats this year, Ceh played like. 78% of running back snaps yet he was being out touched at the goal line by Darrell Williams 6 to 2 before he got hurt so they clear so they clearly trust Darrell Williams more than they trust uh CEH at the goal line so then when CEH gets hurt you go okay now this guy is going to play all the snaps he's a proven pass catcher he should have won Super Bowl MVP no that was Damian am I messing that up Damian Williams, yeah. Okay, that's the wrong one. Damian Williams should have won Super Bowl. All right, we'll, we'll get there. But, so th- this guy's a proven pass catcher. He's a decent runner. He's not as good as CEH running-wise. But they trust him on the goal line. So I was like, he's going to get goal line work, and now he's going to have volume. I think he's he probably has more value than CEH has. And then look at that. First week comes in. He gets two rushing Balls out. He gets two rushing touchdowns. When Has CEH ever gotten two rushing touchdowns? I don't think so. I... I, I can't remember maybe once last year but like they just don't trust him and for some reason they trust Darrell Williams I don't know why but I'm I'm buying it for the however many more weeks he's there he's definitely up there him and Hubbard are up there on a tier of their own in terms of the backup running backs um let's see I he has one game with two touchdowns two rushing touchdowns CEH does he only scored (laughs) Five last year. Five all. I would. I would love to see his, the goal to go carries he got, last year. Like the amount that he got. Cause like. And Daryl scored. Daryl only had one, but he was a backup the whole year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Daryl already has four this year. Yeah, that's what four I'm saying. It was. It was this. So. This year they kind of yeah. switched over to the. All right, Daryl's the goal line guy, which I never really understood but they did um i mean i don't hate it i think it adds a little clarity to the backfield of uh kansas city chiefs and i think moving forward i mean he's a good pass catcher as well i mean uh when ceh got drafted he was getting brian westbrook comparisons and they haven't used him in that role which is really surprising because you know andy reed was the coach of the eagles at the time um so yeah. Yeah, I I think so. I think those two are their own their own little tier. Um, and then I th- I think I've got the next three. So I've got three next, and they're all tied. And then we'll cut this list off. So you got okay. you kind of group these three all together. So you got Devonte Booker, uh, Damian Williams, and Alex Collins. They're all three week players because they're starters on IR or hurt. I think Booker's probably good for maybe two more weeks. Uh, same with Damian Williams. I don't. How long's Montgomery out? Um, I think he returns week nine. Yeah, so he's got a couple weeks left, and then Collins got a couple more weeks with Carson on IR. So, to me, those guys are all in the same boat. You're gonna get two, maybe three more good weeks out of them. Um, they're all gonna do the same thing. Damian Williams probably has the most upside because he catches a lot of passes and they just run a lot. Um. Booker's probably the worst, so putting Alex Collins in the middle. Booker's just not that good, and his offense isn't that good. 
Um, they're always... And then Alex Collins looked good on Sunday night, so I'd probably go Damian Williams, Alex Collins, Devontae Booker. But you could get worse running backs if you're down in this RB2 range, so I, I like all of them starting as RB2s until their better half comes back. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the only thing I would like disagree with, I don't think they're all tied. Like, I think Booker is like way below. Honestly, I'd probably start Dearness Johnson over Booker. Uh, over Booker, yeah. Yeah, but just because of how dreadful that uh, Giants offensive line is. Yeah, and I don't know really if he's bad. the pass catching back that uh, Barkley is, you know. And and obviously in PPR leagues is what we play in. Um, that's like huge. Like, unless you're Derrick Henry and can score three touchdowns, like, being able to catch the ball and get a free point, essentially, is, like, massive. Yeah, the the reason I didn't put Dearness Johnson in this, I, I'm kind of scared. So, I've never seen it, but I'm kind of scared that Demetric Felton takes all the receptions. He, he doesn't have a carry in his career. He only has receptions. So... Um, I, he kind of scares me that he might get five, six receptions this next game. And now Dearness Johnson's Nick Chubb, essentially, but worse. So he's going to get 15 yeah, carries. Yeah, so he's going to get 15 carries and what he ends up with 65 yards. And now you're praying he falls in the end zone for yeah, six, for six if... to 12 points. He's also only, a, and I think Chubb's coming back after this week. So he's a one-week guy instead of a two-week guy. Um, I think that's... That's my upside play-ish with Booker, but it's close. You're right. Yeah, I think, um, well, Felton, I know for a fact, was playing receiver at uh, one point when Jarvis went down and before Odo Beckham came back, he was lining up in the slot a lot. Yeah. Kind of like what Tariq Cohen does or like J.D. McKissick at times. He'll line up in the slot. And I think that's why he doesn't get much carry. So I definitely agree with you that he will be taking the bulk load of the pass catching. Um, so maybe for for PPR, you're, you're right, Dearness Johnson might not be the move, but in standard, Dearness Johnson would be definitely the play out of the two of them. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if you, uh, I don't know how much um, you watched, I don't know how much you watched uh, UCLA over the past however many years, but that's what Felton was. I know, I know you watch. Uh, I know you watch college now because of our, our college fantasy league, but so the, yeah. the way that Calvin Turner is used for Hawaii in that slot, give him handoffs every once in a while, punt returns, basically the do everything kind of guy. That's how felt utility. Yeah. That's how, that's exactly how Felton was at UCLA. Like he caught kind of like Jordan Myers at rice, <laughs> like in, in his, in his junior season at UCLA, I'm sure they had a better running back, so he only had 36 carries, but he had 55 receptions and 600 yards receiving. And then in his senior year, right. he has 132 carries for 700 yards rushing and only 20 receptions. So it's kind of like, hey, we had a better running back, so you're going to be a receiver. Oh, we don't have anyone, so now you're going to play running back. Just kind of one of those utility guys. Yeah. Well, if Dearness Johnson gets hurt, he's a must-start every week. <laughs> <laughs> can, can the Browns get any lower at running back, man? Um, like, holy well, when cow. you pick when you pick up a backup running back, um, you do have to drop someone. And I know you had a list of players that uh, kind of fall into that range. If you want to go through them. Yeah, I was gonna ask you. So I, this week seven has a ton of buys. Um, so. Oh yeah, Chargers. Ridiculous you got Chargers. Vikings. Yeah, Vikings. So Chargers, Vikings, Steelers, Steelers. Um, Dallas. Jacksonville, Dallas, yep. And, and then there's another. The dude, fantasy wise, you got James Robinson. You yeah. need guys. To, you need guys to fill oh, in. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, and then there's another buy that's Bills. Bills, yeah. So you have five yeah. really good uh, fantasy offenses, and then you got the Jags, who so have like two startable players. But, anyways, so I'm going through my lineups, and I know I need kickers and I need defenses and random tight ends here and there or maybe I, my bench is really hurt so I need a bye week receiver or running back to put into flex so I was going through and I made a list of guys that I'm like I don't want to drop these guys but would you drop these players for a kicker or a low end flex guy 
that you need for one week. Uh, my first one, I'll start off. Um, would you drop Trey Sermon if you needed a? Oh yeah, Tr- Trey Sermon is like he's droppable in every. Like, obviously, we're talking about redraft. Yeah, redraft um, only. We yeah. Talk about fill-ins like this, um, but Trey Sermon is easily the most droppable player. He got like one carry in our last game, unless something happened uh, over the bye week that nobody yeah, knows about. I mean, at Dave, ask the beat writers to <laughs> tell us the wrong answer. <laughs> but like, I think he's really droppable. Mitchell's clearly the guy um, until Jeff Wilson comes back, and then don't start anybody until you actually know. But Trey Sermon's an easy drop. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I was. He was probably my first drop just because they like Mitchell so much. And even if Mitchell gets hurt, uh, you have Wilson coming back right behind. And and, and, and Hasty's coming well. back. So, like, I, I want... Sermon was a good thought at the beginning of the year, but you just didn't know. And I and I think he's, he's droppable. I agree. <laughs> um, let's go to Rondale Moore. Um, Rondale Moore, I feel... Like it's much more of a stash, and uh, the way they use him, they're giving this man handoffs now. I think he's just like kind of that utility piece that we were talking about with Felton, but better, more talented. Um, I would like to keep him. Like I'd rather just drop the kicker that I have now, unless it's like Tyler Bass, who's like a beast kicker. Yeah, I was running into that. I have two leagues with Tyler Bass, so I was like, <laughs> yeah. So unless you have like a super stud kicker. Um, and you don't want to drop him, I would probably just drop a kicker for another kicker. Yeah. I'd, I'd try and keep a hold of him while I can. Yeah, I think I agree. Um, I know Amal would probably say the same thing because Amal's super high on Rondo Yeah, Amal loves Rondo more. Um, my, my choice in this league, why this came up, is because I have Dak on a bye and I do not have a backup quarterback. Um, Sounds like you traded uh Because Jalen I, because I traded right? Jalen Hurts, correct. So, I have to drop somebody, and I think I chose to drop this next player instead, and I'll bring him up. I chose to drop Marquez Callaway instead. Uh, do you think that was a good decision? Um, I don't hate it, uh, just because obviously you can't drop a player like Dak Prescott. Right. But Marquez Callaway is like, he was supposed to be this preseason breakout, and I don't think he's lived up to that, like, uh, that expectation yet and I don't think he's going to especially with Michael Thomas coming back in the next three weeks or four weeks or whatever and I don't think uh, the passing volume is there for him unless it's a deep shot down the field it's not like he's creating a lot of space uh, within 10 yards you know like Michael Thomas can or like other elite receivers so unless you're gonna play unless you have to play Marquez Callaway every single week Mm -hmm. I think he's very droppable yeah, so you just you just brought up Michael Thomas, so let's just spin right into that. Uh, not not dropping him if you've kept him this long, might as well keep him still. Uh, no, especially because uh, at the moment he's on the PUP list, um, which means there's no point in dropping him because uh, he can just sit in that IR spot if your if your league has it. But if you've been holding him this long anyway, you might as well just see where it goes. Especially if you have other options to drop, like a Callaway or, or, or like Trey Sermon. Yep, yep. I, I just keep him. Especially because you, like, if he's fully healthy the whole year, he's probably like a third, fourth round pick. So. Yeah, he's hurting me on my three and three teams, just sitting there. But I think you can't you can't give up on him for like a kicker or something stupid like that. So I think if you got him, even if you don't have IR spots, you just gotta hold him. I, I heard maybe two more weeks for him, um, but hey, anything down the stretch, if he could be of any value, is worth it to me. I mean, my only problem with guys like Rondo Moore, Marcos Callaway, um, we'll bring up Jamison Crowder here in a second. Just like, am I ever going to start those players? Like, like Rondo Moore is probably not. Rondo Moore is good. Like he has a lot of talent. But am I ever going to put Rondo Moore in my lineup and be like, I am so confident that he is going to ball out this week? Never. You just can't because they have so many weapons yeah. that like at that point, a player is basically droppable to me in redraft, even though he's really good. And we're all watching the games and we're like, 
man, Rondo Moore is really good. And Amal talks about that a lot. He's like, I can see how good he is. And I'm like, me too. But they just don't, he just doesn't get the ball that much because they have so many people that like, yeah, to me, it's, you could really drop any of those guys if you wanted to. Uh, what do you think about Crowder? He has, just hasn't played that much. Yeah, I, his injury history really, like, he can get injured any game. I guess that's every single player, but he's had multiple hamstring issues. Um, and then he had COVID, which, you know, that sucks, but nothing you can really do about that. Um, but he, I just don't want anything to do with the Jets offense. Uh, obviously, I'm super high on Zach Wilson. And Crowder's emergence, or when he emerged, it looked great. Um, but that's not a player, like you said, like you're starting any week with complete confidence that he's going to get 12 to 15 points, especially if it's standard. Like in standard, he's droppable. He's not even being drafted, to be honest. He he wasn't being drafted, to be honest. Yeah, he's a PPR um, guy. So that's, that's really how I stand on that. I think he's very droppable. I think Amal dropped him in one of our leagues already. So. Yeah, I think I agree. And the last last player I got on here, wanted just wanted to ask you this because I know you're the Niners guy. Um, I got Lance on here. I know a lot of people drafted Lance just as a stash because eventually they figured he'd take over and maybe he'd be okay. Like we've seen rookie quarterbacks in the past do okay. Um, but now he's kind of hurt and they say it's Jimmy's job when Jimmy's healthy and the offense doesn't look that, that good. At least from a fantasy perspective. Uh, what are you dropping Lance done with him? Uh, yeah, I'm dropping Lance. Uh, Lance obviously has a very good floor, uh, because he's a runner. Uh, but one, he's hurt. Two, Jimmy's already back in practice. Uh, Kyle Shanahan already said that, yeah, Jimmy's our guy. He said it in a, a press conference uh, already that Jimmy's our quarterback when he's healthy. Uh, droppable and redraft, obviously, you're keeping him in dynasty and whatnot. Yeah, of course. Uh, but very droppable. Like, I'm dropping him for a quarterback um, in, our fantasy, in our Florida Fantasy League because I stashed him just in case. You never know. Yeah, of course. He um, was definitely worth the stash. But, yeah. I'm dropping him for sure. I got Dak on by this week. So. <laughs> yeah. All right, we got. Let's. Uh, we got a couple more minutes to to lean into these uh, questions. There was a DraftKings question. Yes. Uh, DraftKings sleepers, but me and Amal will hopefully get another podcast out before uh, Sunday uh, because we actually I haven't looked at the prices for for players. I'm honestly super unprepared for that. <laughs> okay, so. Yeah, we. Unless you got something. No, nah, no, nah, we got like five minutes here, so I had a couple questions. I put up a question thing on my Instagram last night. Got a couple questions here. Wanted to answer that for some of the listeners. Um, I'm not sure who asked these, but the first one was about DraftKings. So I'll to you. Uh, I'll have you and Amal answer that. It, the question was. Um, they want to draft Mahomes at quarterback. They want to know that your sleeper running backs or wide receivers in terms of price. Uh, when you guys do your podcast later in the week, I'm going to hold you to it that you will answer that question for me. And then tell me what you guys said so I can beat you. Yeah. Gotcha. A- anyways, uh, we, next even though, question. Even though you just watch Mike Clay's thing and just go <laughs> off that. But dude, I don't, I don't just put Mike Clay's lineup yeah, yeah, every sure. week, dude. No, I, sure. I don't. I swear. Yeah. So uh, the second one here, me and you have talked about this a little bit, but let's just get your take on the record here. What is Miles Sanders' fantasy value going forward? Uh, uh, I assume this is we're talking about PPR here. There was no designation made. He he weirdly has a strange floor at around nine points, <laughs> uh, which is not the best, Sick. but it's not the worst. It's better than eight points that's the Devonte booker range <laughs> nine points yeah you're you're it's not looking great for miles sanders they're not giving him red zone touches their goal line running back seems to be jalen hurts uh, more rushing touchdowns than sanders will have all year i'm sure of course uh they're just not running the ball i think they had two first half carries in their last game against the bucks but i mean granted it's the bucks defense but that's still horrendous like you can't just run the ball twice dude it got to be so bad that the crowd would give a standing ovation every time they just ran the ball even if it wasn't successful 
So I think moving forward, you're not dropping Miles Sanders. You're not. I mean, if you get a really good offer, but no one's gonna blow your blow your mind on a buy low like that. Of course. So if you have him, keep him. If you believe in his talent, maybe. I mean, he showed flashes last game of breaking a decent run or in the opportunity that, opportunities that he got. So maybe the coach will be like, like get his head out of his ass or something and be like, oh, this guy's actually pretty good. Let me let me actually u- utilize my running back for once. Yeah, right. Um, but until then, he should sit on your bench until the coach proves otherwise. Yeah, unless you uh, have Najee Harris and Austin Eckler on a bye week and then you have to play Miles Sanders and then you're sad like me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you should be sad if you drafted him in the fourth, fifth round like he was going. I mean, you expect him to be a stud, you know? Yeah. Or around stud range. Yeah, I thought I had three. Top I thought top. I had three stud running backs drafting Eckler, then Najee, and then picking up Sanders in the fourth. Knocked two out. Yeah, got two, two out. Two got two out of three there, at least. Um, okay. Ne- next question: Would you trade Corderell Patterson for Chris Carson or Chuba Hubbard? Uh, personally, um, I don't know if you listened to our last podcast, but Cordero Patterson is my favorite player in the league. So <laughs> okay, I'm take take your bias out of it. Season long fantasy value. If you let's say your team is three and three, three and three, Chris Carson isn't going to help me there. Uh, he's going to be out for at least another three weeks. Hubbard, you can make the case for it because CMC is like glass and uh but personally i i like Cordero patterson i think he's very talented it's weird to have a uh eighth year breakout but i mean he's showing everybody that he can do it on limited amount of snaps and when he's in the game he's getting the ball he actually out carried mike davis yeah uh last game um yeah patterson so makes relatively effective and he didn't even score a touchdown, and he had 18 fantasy points. Yeah, it makes absolutely no sense to me. Like, none of it makes sense. It's like, they don't play him, he but when did. they do play him, all he does is get the ball, and he produces. And we were like, oh, well, the touchdowns are going to stop, and they're going to regress the mean, so he won't be good. Okay, well, the touchdown stopped, and he still almost got 20 points, so, <laughs> like. Yeah, I'm, I'm, if I'm in that situation, I'm keeping him. I spent $26 of fab on him, so I'm definitely keeping him. He's actually starting for me this week. Um, but yeah, I I like him moving forward. I don't think he's going to lose value. The role that he plays is kind of set in stone. Like, you're our utility guy. You do our kickoffs. I mean, he can break one at any time. Like, he's great at special teams. So. All right. Uh, la- Hub- Hub- Hubbard does have that benefit, though, of playing next to McCaffrey but yeah well all right last uh last one we actually kind of touched on this a little bit but we'll get your full take on record here Dearness Johnson or Devontae Booker this week uh, just Dearness this week Johnson. Dearness Johnson even against a uh, tough Bronco a stingy Broncos defense why'd you say stingy like that like- <laughs> You just write it off. Because I, I know you didn't either. Because I don't think the Broncos are all that good, but they have like an okay defense. So I tried to hype it up a little bit. Uh, nah, it doesn't matter to me. I think he's going to get the volume on the ground. Uh, like you said, he'll probably not get the passing work, but I think they end up scoring a rushing touchdown and it'll be him. So. All right, now, uh, real real quick, this is this is for me. I'm just making this up on the fly. So Kadarius Tony has been ruled out, or he's doubtful. He's basically out. So I need two receivers. I'm starting Antonio Brown. I need two more receivers. Jamison Crowder, Van Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk. Tough. Um, <laughs> so you need one more? No, I need two more. Two of those three. Uh, Jamison Crowder. Who are they playing? Who do the Jets play? Jets play at New England. Oh, that's tough. Yep, Van Jefferson plays Detroit at home, and then I'm sure you know the Niners play the Colts. Yeah, prime time, baby. Yep. Hey, last time, no, I can't even say that. Ayuk's debut in prime time, he hurdled somebody. So, <laughs> well, he, he and scored a touchdown. He has like 
four receptions on the year. He has 20 fantasy points on the season. He has seven catches on the year. He's insane. And they're all contested catches. Just throw my man the ball, please. Well, um, I'm very... So are, I'm sorry, what were the options? Okay, you got Crowder, Van Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk. I need two of them. People listening, my team isn't that bad. Tony's injured, and Amari Cooper and Keenan Allen are on bye. So I'm hurting. I'm going Crowder and Ayuk. I don't like Van Jefferson's... Uh, I don't know how many snaps he's playing. I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, let um, me know. So he's gotten... His target share in the last four weeks is 6-6-4-4. Um, I think the plus on Van Jefferson is... So this, this is uh, the long touchdown bonus league that I'm in. So yeah, the, pl- he's a deep guy. the plus there is... Yeah, he has two deep touchdowns on the season. So, like, if he just happens to get a deep one, all of a sudden I'm at 25 points. Whereas there's no... There's nothing in my mind that makes me think Ayuk will even see anywhere near the end zone this week but who knows um so jefferson plays around like 55 to 65 percent of the snaps i just don't think it's like you're obviously praying for a deep one Mm -hmm. i'm still rolling with my boy brandon Ayuk. basically four hours ago john lynn said they still very very much believe in him so uh, I guess we'll see. It's not the beat writers. It's our GM. <laughs> so, I mean, I think I'm right. Like, I think Ayuk is a more talented player than Jefferson. Um, so I'm rolling with Ayuk and Crowder. But that honestly sucks. Those are really bad choices. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah. Yeah. You're just going to lose this week. Yeah. We're also starting Jarek McKinnon. So, yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Only if you had... DeAndre Swift. I mean, it's it's the super it's the super deep twelve man league. So there's literally no one on waivers. Like literally, Dearness Johnson, yeah, Demetric Felton, they were all drafted. Um, so yeah, and Eckler and Najee are on by. So we're starting Daryl Henderson, Jarek McKinnon there. Tough. Um. Well, that has been it for this podcast. Um, one last thing before we go. We are both super big Red Sox fans. Let's go. And that's actually why we have to cut this really short. Of course. Because the game starts in three minutes. Oh, yeah. Um, Gotta go annoy Dave, baby. on the mound today. Dave's only gonna um, be out in the living room for, like, the first two innings until we get, like, an eight. Until we hit another Until we get another grand slam, you know? Gotta go annoy him yeah. for the time being. Three slams, two games. We're rolling. <laughs> um, thank you guys for all the support. Thanks, thank you, Rob, for filling in for them all. Uh, first podcast without them all. And uh, on that note, all right, y'all boys. All right, bro. See ya.